Hello and a warm welcome to this bonus episode of the EMJ podcast. My name is Dr Hannah Moyer, Senior Medical Writer and Moderator for EMJ. Today I am delighted to be bringing you a fascinating discussion as part of a four-part series on diabetic peripheral neuropathy, the forgotten complication of diabetes. This podcast has been supported by Viatris. For today's episode, I am honoured to be joined by two experts in the field of diabetes and neuropathy who will share their insights and personal experiences of working with those living with diabetes. Both of our guests join us from Sheffield Teaching Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust located in the UK. Our first guest is Mr Oliver Binns-Hall, who works as a podiatrist at Sheffield Podiatry Services and also serves as a research associate at Sheffield Teaching Hospitals. Ollie specialises in wound healing and advanced diabetic assessment. His research investigates the early signs of neuropathy in patients with diabetes and explores the role of podiatry-led integrated care pathways. Ollie also works closely with our next guest. Professor Solomon Tezve, who is a consultant physician and endocrinologist and research director of diabetes and endocrinology, also at Sheffield Teaching Hospitals and the University of Sheffield. His research centres on diabetic neuropathy and neuropathic pain, focusing on its epidemiology, risk factors, pathogenesis, central nervous system involvement and treatment. In addition, he is a visiting professor at Shanghai Zhao Tong University and adjunct professor at Zhanghai Hospital Central Southern University in China. Professor Tezfei has an extensive academic profile with publications, grants and awards for his scientific contributions in diabetic neuropathy and his innovative patient-centred diabetes care. He has been chairman of the International Expert Group of Diabetic Neuropathy and has authored several consensus papers on the management of neuropathic pain. Thank you both for joining me for today's discussion with EMJ. In this first episode, we delve into the topic of identification and characterization of the diabetes epidemic with a focus on neuropathy. Specifically, we shed light on the diabetes epidemic and its most prevalent microvascular complication, neuropathy. This discussion will take a closer look at the essential aspects of diabetes identification and the characterization, while also examining the causes, symptoms and diagnostic challenges associated with diabetic peripheral neuropathy within the broader context of diabetes. Ollie and Solomon, it's so wonderful to have you both join me today. I'm very honoured to have this opportunity to talk with you and really interested in what you have to say. So I think to start off, Solomon, if I can come to you. Let's set the scene. How common is diabetes? And considering these clinical problems they encounter, what is diabetic neuropathy and how does it develop as a complication? Thank you, Hannah, for this uh, opportunity. Um, Diabetes, we're in the middle of a massive diabetes epidemic. And uh, this is not just in the UK, but all over the world. And um, we have at the present time 537 million adults between the ages of 20 and 79 years living with diabetes, roughly one in 10. Um, This number is predicted to rise to 643 million by 2030 and 783 million by 2045. These are the latest data from 2021 from the International Diabetes Federation um, um, Diabetes Atlas. 
And of these, also, we have 46% are actually undiagnosed. These are the diagnosed ones that I mentioned. There are many people walking the streets of Sheffield and wherever you are, um, actually all with, without knowing that they have diabetes. And sadly, of three out of four live in low and middle income countries. And diabetes in the future and currently is going to drain the resources of these uh, poorer countries of the world. Diabetes also is responsible for 6.7 million deaths in 2021. Every five seconds, a person dies because of diabetes. And diabetes caused $1 trillion in health expenditure, which was a 316% increase over the last 15 years. And also, I think that the other point I want to add is that 541 million adults have what we call impaired glucose tolerance, or IGT, or, or pre-diabetes, which place them at very high risk of developing type 2 diabetes. And diabetes is the cause of working age blindness, except in the UK. This changed, and I'll explain that perhaps later, why this happened, because we have an excellent eye screening program, which is the best in the world. And it's, diabetes is also the commonest cause of end-stage renal disease. Diabetics have a two to four-fold increase in cardiovascular death and mortality. And diabetes is the commonest cause of uh, lower limb amputations. Now, the reason why people with diabetes have amputations is because diabetes causes peripheral neuropathy. And this affects roughly around 50 to 60% of people with diabetes, with long-standing diabetes. And this condition starts in the toes. And, uh, and gradually, patients start to lose sensation in their feet, or they can have tingly feeling in their toes, and gradually march upwards to involve the lower limbs. And once it's well established in the lower limbs, the upper limbs are affected. Um, it is uh, a uh, the commonest cause for foot ulceration, because you lose that sensation. The gift of pain when you hurt your foot, you, that's lost. You develop diabetic foot ulcers. And these diabetic foot ulcers are, uh, are common in, in patients with diabetes. Um, of the 537 million people worldwide who have diabetes, 19 to 34% will develop diabetic foot ulcers in their lifetime. Very common. And diabetic foot ulceration is the commonest diabetes reason for hospital bed occupancy. Um, and the consequence of foot ulceration includes decline in functional status, infections, lower limb amputations that can be extremely devastating, both physically and emotionally to patients, and death. And why death? Um, data is really interesting. Actually, having a diabetic foot ulcer can be worse than some cancers. And the five-year mortality rate in people who have diabetic foot ulcers is approaching 50%. And there are many reasons for this, and we can discuss that. But it is like it actually worse than breast cancer or prostate cancer. And yet we don't think of people with diabetic foot ulcers in those terms. So a, a, a serious complication of diabetes. And why then is this a serious complication? What makes the lower limbs and the feet particularly susceptible to neuropathy? That's a very important question. So 
What diabetes causes damage to the peripheral nerves? These peripheral nerves are every bit of our body is connected to nerves, um, and and in the toes, the longest nerves that supply the feet are these are the longest nerves of the body, and the longest nerves appear to be affected. And the reason there are many hypotheses for these axonal transport and other issues are maybe in, impaired in people with diabetes and the nerve is uh, unable to maintain the periphery of its uh, its uh, the nerves and these nerves get to be get damaged by diabetes and the patients start to have symptoms in the in the toes and the feet and this gradual damage comes proximally um, to involve the lower limbs and the upper limbs are affected so see, it is uh, it is uh, this condition is caused by large nerve fibers and small nerve fibers that are damaged at the same time. So the patient gets pain because of the involvement of small fibers, but also uh, because of the large fiber damage, they also lose sensation. Also, small fiber damage can also give you loss of sensation. So it looks like a paradox, but actually it's not a paradox. It is a condition of pain and insensitivity, which is really the worst possible combination, as it were. People can, can lose sensation, they can have dead feeling in their feet, and yet still have terrific pains that can be extremely disabling. That's really interesting that there's this paradox between pain and painlessness. Is there um, an understanding behind why this condition is associated with pain and being painless? Is it understood? Well, we, we have a, a great deal of understanding. These sm small nerve fibers that um, actually supply the, the foot, um, they um, get damaged and these, when they get damaged, they become irritable as it were, and they start firing spontaneously. And this is called peripheral sensitization. But also, um, this peripheral sensitization then acts on the, at the level of the spinal cord to cause central sensitization. It's amplification of the pain experience. So what you and I consider to be pain, uh, you know, a simple touch, the patient with painful neuropathy can feel as if, as if it is very painful. This is called allodynia. What you and I can have um, perhaps uh, a slight painful sensation um, can be perceived by the patient when you just pinch them as extremely painful. This is called hyperalgesia. So this small fiber involvement is, is the cause of this painful neuropathy that becomes chronic. And we have uh, modern MR imaging. We can actually see uh, the brain and the activity of the, the pain processing areas. We can now we have a greater insight that a lot of the pathophysiology, the pathology is actually in the brain, in the central nervous system. The peripheral nerve damage also causes insensitivity. Large nerve fibers are affected. This causes loss of sensation. And this loss of sensation also over time involves the brain. And there is, we recently we've published many papers from Sheffield and around the world showing that actually the somatosensory cortex volume is reduced in people with chronic painful and painless diabetic neuropathy. In both chronic conditions, there is alteration at the level of the central nervous system. So we're gaining a great insight of how these processes are taking place, both in the periphery 
but also in the central nervous system. Thanks, Solomon. That's a really detailed insight there to the condition. Um, if I could bring you in, Ollie, now at this point, we've heard a lot about the pathophysiology around neuropathy, but can I get your perspective as a podiatrist, why you also think the prevalence of foot ulcers and amputation is high? Uh, yeah, well, like Solomon said, the large majority of patients that have neuropathy suffer from painless neuropathy. And given that the testing that we do, the monofilament test, is very insensitive, it's very difficult to detect this at an early stage. And it's really only found usually when patients develop a problem. Uh, this could be kind of a blister rubbed in the shoe. You know, they could they could bang the, the toe or the, the foot as they're walking around in bare feet. Or they could step on something, you know, sharp or hot. The patients often find it difficult to, to notice the, the lack of feeling on their own and kind of see it as no pain, no problem. And when we're discussing, you know, neuropathy with, with patients, you know, if they go on to develop painful neuropathy as well, it's quite hard for them to, to get their head around, you know, that the, the conditions causing the feet to be numb, but also causing these severe pains as well. So it's, you know, it's one of, one of our big hurdles in clinic with our painful neuropathy patients. And it's not really until the patient develops these foot problems that they'll actually engage with the health service and their own foot protection. You know, considering so many people have painless neuropathy and undiagnosed painless neuropathy as well, it's, it's not really a shock that so many patients develop active foot disease problems like ulceration, infection. And I think the fault really lies with the, the screening tools that we use because of the insensitivities and the, the late diagnosis of neuropathy. A lot of onus is put on the patients. And I think we need to look at changing the modality of the screening process to make it more objective and take some of the onus away from the patients, you know, and actually be able to measure nerve function rather than just a yes, no sensation test. Just add to that. Also, even though patients get pain, a lot of our patients are elderly. They're in their 60s. And they do not make the connection between the pain that they're experiencing and diabetes. And one of the uh, studies that we published in 2023 from four European countries, the United Kingdom, Germany, Spain, and the Netherlands, is that one in two people with uh, painful neuropathy is currently not diagnosed. So for of the people with painful diabetic neuropathy, which affects around a quarter of people with diabetes in total, it's a very common disorder. One in four people have painful diabetic neuropathy. We're currently diagnosing only 50% of these people when these patients, if they're diagnosed, can have actually treatment. So the painless neuropathy is neglected and it's not diagnosed early. And so these patients really are not having quality care. People don't take shoes and socks off to examine the feet around the world. People focus tend to on blood pressure, cholesterol, um, glucose management, cardiovascular risk factor management, but they do not actually focus on the lower limbs, taking shoes and socks, diagnosing diabetic peripheral neuropathy, communicating patients, explaining what's happening to their feet, and how to protect their feet uh, around the world. And that's why the diabetic foot is a Cinderella of all diabetic complications, when it is actually one of the most important, in fact, probably the most important, is that this neuropathy is the major risk factor for mortality. And it is the one that has to be diagnosed earliest, which is currently not happening. 
And just kind of to add in as well from, you know, the newly diagnosed stage for our diabetes patients, there's a concept that people might not be or might be familiar with, which is diabetic overload. And we have a lot of, you know, information that's thrown at the, the diabetes patients on diagnosis. You've got the retinal screeners telling them they need to worry about their eyes. They've got us as podiatrists telling them that they need to worry about the, you know, protecting the feet. Uh, they've got the, the diabetes nurses concerned about the blood sugars and making sure that they're within target range. You've then they've got the, the consultants and GPs that are looking at them, you know, more from a cardiovascular risk management point of view. Um, and a lot of the time, the patients, you know, can't deal with how much information has been thrown at them and they do kind of shut off and disengage. And it seems like because of the lack of sensation and the lack of feeling that neuropathy causes, it's kind of pushed to the back of the queue in the, in the patient's kind of priority for their own diabetes. Yes, and I guess the challenge is that diabetes is indeed a multifaceted condition compounded by the difficulties of diagnosing and managing conditions like peripheral neuropathy. Like you say, Ollie, it's vital we tackle this challenge heads on and enable individuals to live well despite their diabetes diagnosis. That's all we have time for for this episode. I just want to take a moment to thank Mr. Ollie Bindhall and Professor Solomon Tezve for sharing their experiences and insights with us about the identification and characterization of the diabetes epidemic, focusing on neuropathy with our audience. We've uncovered the significance of early detection and the challenges in managing this multifaceted condition. If you enjoyed this episode of the EMJ podcast, this is the first of a four-part series on diabetic peripheral neuropathy, the forgotten complication of diabetes that can be accessed through your preferred podcast platform. These, alongside an informative infographic, can also be accessed by visiting emjreviews.com. In the next episode, we will look at the understanding the connection between diabetes and pain with a focus on proactive identification of diabetic neuropathy. So I look forward to continuing this conversation and for you to join us again. Until next time, take care and goodbye for now.